expensive. Um, it's one of the most expensive places in the country. Yeah. Yep. It's like I don't know. I I I, I like him, and it, it was. Um, he's always is it funny? Should I listen to it? Is it funny? Yeah, I, I think you might get something okay. out of it. Hey, it's better than it's better than a phobe show. I don't know. Sometimes I do get some kicks out of the Phobes show because Brian, you and Brian rip on him a little bit. That gives me a little bit of joy, honestly. Yeah. Well, a, lot I, of a lot of schadenfreude. Yeah. I do enjoy that if you hadn't uh, hadn't picked up on that. No, it's uh, it's quite enjoyable. I, I love it. Um, oh, man. Uh, we got a big day tomorrow, Tony. We'll have to talk about it. Sounds promise like a plan. Promise me a big night. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Griff. It's another episode of the Beer Engine Podcast. Back after, boy, just a horrific month of February. Uh, We had Tony with COVID. We had me with uh, a COVID COVID like, uh, work, uh, work is a lot like COVID. It will, uh, drain you for two weeks. Um, there's no medication that treats it. And, um, the government will pay you money if you can just suffer through it. So that's pretty much exactly what, uh, what COVID is, I guess, replace government with, um, whatever, whatever, up, uh, whatever outside force gives my company money for doing whatever my company does which nobody's quite entirely sure of. But, uh, Tony, it's great to be back. Uh, what do we do now? Do, was I supposed to write something for this, or was something supposed to happen for this? I can't, I can't remember. I don't know. I, see, the way I remember it, it's like a 1930s radio play <laughs> where we do voices and we try and get on the largest transmitter, which is normally out of Tennessee, so... Um, We'll have to find a way to get on the Grand Ole Opry and do our radio play. Right. Sort of an Orson Welles, um, War of the Worlds type situation here. Yeah, yeah. It would be great to be able to combine that with modern day Alex Jones conspiracy mixed with like, I don't know, just the right wing in general. Because how good is it at the moment? We've got gold sneakers going on from Trump. We've got um, Quaker Oats are turning people gay from Alex Jones. It's just the best. Yep. Those sneakers were really something else, huh? I was... um, Did you buy yourself a pair? You know what? I've, like I said, I've been more than willing to um, purchase myself some... um, uh, 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 Some uh, ultra-right beer, if we can hit that $250 target. Um, yep. For your travels, Tony, and we're getting there. Um, I did actually at this. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I do want to thank Max Allotment, uh, if I hadn't already, for sending me some beer. Um, I'm going to toss in. Um, well, I think with the trawler, crawler, a troon. I think that's worth a solid twenty-five, at least. Um, very kind of him. So we'll be to putting twenty-five into the Tony fund. Um, so make sure you guys keep uh, throwing stuff out for us to do that, but. Uh, yeah, I, I would if we get to uh, if we get to um, an amount that we'll never get to, I will buy the Trump sneakers because you yeah. have to like fucking fight for them. They're like sneakerhead shit. You have to like, um, I don't know, I don't know how many you made, but they look like shit. I mean, is the is yeah. The I, I feel like this is for once he's playing to his base. So this isn't 
a sneaker aimed at sneakerheads. It was re- released at a sneaker conference, which is smart because look at his audience. It's white, it is female, and it is sure. mums. You can't tell me those sneakers don't hold some cred with that group. You know, I was... Um it's interesting when I was watching that Hillsong documentary about the about Brian Brian Houston and the uh, yep. I said Allen Houston. I, I this is my I'm stuck on '90s basketball players. No, I, I think said it Allen. is Allen Houston. Allen. His father. No, it's Brian Houston. Oh, is it yeah. Brian? <laughs> Allen Houston is, <laughs> is was a guy who was a Detroit Piston who wore the jerseys with the horse on it. Um, the uh, uh, Brian Houston and, and and all these Hillsong guys and Carl Lentz, they had these this guy, this Instagram account that's a good follow if you're interested in this stuff. It's called Preachers and Sneakers. And um, it, it goes and shows, like, the price of some of the, not just sneakers, but sometimes sneakers, blazers, suits, um, you know, leather leather loafers, shit like that that these guys are buying. And it'll, it'll be like, yeah, here's your, here's your um, humble pastor he's on stock x these sneakers are fourteen hundred dollars you know i mean it's it's crazy you know so so this guy goes out and does that it's pretty funny shit and he he had gotten on the trump thing too he's like this is so stupid i don't don't know um it's it's pretty amazing shit and i wonder if he gets into more hype beast stuff is he gonna get is he gonna make a supreme hat is he gonna have some like um Oh, what is that company that makes those fucking expensive Burberry? t-shirts? Right, right. Yep. Um, um, oh, I know who you mean. Oh. They're like oh, $400 white t-shirts. Yeah, I mean, a lot of places do this. Like, I mean, I think, I think Bottega Veneta makes a fucking $5,000 t-shirt. <laughs> Gucci. <laughs> so, it's yeah. that shit that's like, you know, the really expensive stuff is the ones from like... Uh, that's not hype B stuff. It's the stuff that's like the uh, quiet luxury stuff, the succession yeah. stuff, right? So yeah. it's like uh, fucking Kendall has a gray hat, but you look up the Kendall Roy, the actual gray hat that he's wearing, and it's a $480 hat with no brand on it whatsoever. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's bizarre, this stealth idea of status. It's like signaling to the people in the know that it's a status symbol, but it's not... That's the idea, yeah. Yeah, but it's not allowing the general public in on that secret. It's like, yeah, we're we're the we're the one percent, and here's yeah, wh- here's how we show it. And it's not by getting a Ferrari with a big wrap on it or anything. It's it's like buying this this good and paying twenty to eighty x the price that looks identical and is probably made in the same factory with a different tag. Yeah, no, uh, it definitely. Definitely could be for sure. Um, the uh, yeah, that that whole quiet luxury. It's it's a you know there are people who are um, of some status, usually upper middle class, who are trying to prove that they are of that status, and they're buying Balenciaga yeah. sweatshirts, right? So it says Balenciaga all over it. You look at this person, you say, "Wow, this person shops at Balenciaga uh, in the fucking forum shops. They must have some money." Yeah. Um, but but. And they probably have enough money, right? But they also um, they're reaching. If to they the were Jones really wealthy, they would never they would never have that. You know yes. what I mean? And I think the preachers and sneakers things a little bit like that too. They aren't they aren't necessarily buying shit that generate makes them look. 
that makes you believe they're generationally wealthy. They're buying stuff that's very clearly brand named. Yeah. Shit. Some know? of that's new money stuff too. Like you, it is. Yeah. A lot of these preachers, like what we're talking about is, is either earned wealth that people earn it. You can't see me doing an inverted commas from a fairly young career age. So right. they, 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 once they're out of their mid thirties, they then settle into this sort of stealth luxury lifestyle. But new money, I imagine, would be splashing cash, cash around, and that's essentially what's happened to a lot of these these preachers. They they've hit the lotto when it comes to Jesus. Right. Yep. They. I mean, they they got rich. What Carl Lentz got rich at age thirty five. You know. Yep. Um, that's that's younger than I am. So I mean, he. Uh, went around and tried to splash the cash and and get fucking laid, pretty much. I mean, that's, yeah. and how do you do that? Well, you hang around with um, you, you hang around and make people feel wealthy. I mean, that's the that's the move. And well, it's, it's gross. that's that's the other thing. If you, if you're trying to attract people, shiny objects work. You look at you look right. at uh, fraudsters. They tend to be a little bit more flashy than than those people that are on the uh, on the long term. Capital grift, let me put it that way. That's right. We had some rich people here uh, last week uh, for the old Super Bowl, Tony. We didn't get to talk about it right oh, after. That's, that's right. It was a disaster, as Joe Buck said. What happens in Vegas isn't going to stay yeah. in Vegas. It's just going to be a fucking mess. You know why? Because I mean, he didn't get to call a game. I think he was pissed off, yeah. But it feels like, um, I, I got to say, I think it kind of went off Without a hitch, I think it might be one of the more successful Super Bowls. <laughs> Vegas is an interesting place in that um, there, the, it was clearly like miserable traffic in a very specific area. Yep. So if you were trying to get between the Tropicana, between Tropicana and um, the Win, uh, you were uh, fucked. Uh, good yep. luck. But if you were anywhere else in the city, I mean, you're great. There's like nothing going on. Uh, it, Vegas sort of soaks it up like a sponge. It just sort of absorbs the yep. pressure of it. We just sort of like, and and even if you were one of those people, uh, you got there eventually. It just took an hour. You know what I mean? It was just a pain in the ass because there are a million billion people crammed into the tiniest, you know, couple square miles you can get in. But yeah, um, it's interesting you say that because we've had a, also had a recent experience. I don't know whether you've heard of this up and coming singer. I believe she goes by. Um, oh, she's got a, f- a famous in law. Um, I think she won the Super Bowl too. If I wasn't, yes, I believe she did win the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Okay, well, she had concerts at the MCG. She had three of them. I saw those. Yeah, yeah. It's her biggest venue that she played ninety five thousand um, for each of the three nights, and That's Melbourne was able to handle that. Now I know our infrastructure is completely different. And I know what you're saying. It's, it's about an American city being able to soak that up. But doing basic things Melbourne's like... Melbourne's a much bigger city than Las Vegas, to be fair. It's at least twice the size of Las Vegas. Yeah. But, um, but And you, certainly more sprawling in a lot of, in a lot of ways, too. But the I will say this, though. The MCG, the MCG is built much... I mean, compared, especially yeah. compared to any, Ameri- any American city, is built to handle that yeah. kind of that's, pressure. That's what I was going to say, because we have yeah. three, three tram lines... And two train lines servicing that particular stadium. Plus, right. as as you witnessed, it's very easy. Where we had the dumplings in in um, Bunningyongma, that's an right. easy 
five-minute walk to the MCG where we yeah. ordered those last dumplings. And yeah. so the Taylor Swift concert, was it barely impacted Melbourne. And I'm sure there's no impact. It's hardly any. I mean, it's less people than the grand final still. I mean, over yeah. three nights it's more, but on a given night there's still 15,000 less there That's than true. they have for the grand final. So yeah. Uh, I, I I would guess if any if there you know that's the type of city that's built to handle it. The, the challenge yeah. with the Super Bowl, and that maybe this is an issue with Taylor Swift. I don't know if how many people come in to be in the ether of Taylor Swift and not go to one of the shows. That's the, that's the challenge with the Super Bowl is there are all these people floating True. near the Super Bowl, right? And there's also a ton of wealth comes in, right? Yep. So you have all these private jets. Again, same thing with the F1. We had the same problem where it's like Vegas says no private jet parking. I'm like, well, no shit, you know, <laughs> yeah. one airport, you know? Um, well, I guess we have an executive airport too, but still, but um, you know, it, I, I think those types of things were, yeah, we had only 65,000 people go into the super bowl, super bowl, yeah. but we probably had another, I don't know, three quarters of a million people floating around Las Vegas. Um, just additional you know what I mean? So it's a lot of people, that, you know, it just that is a lot of people be here, you know, but it's funny though, because I had friends, we had friends staying at the Sahara and yeah. getting in out of Sahara. I had no fucking problem. Like maybe a little slower than usual. Or I'm like, man, I, it's going to, it's going to take me two, three minutes to get through this valet line. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> but I dropped this person off like instantly picked him up. No problem. Walked in the casino um, uh, no issue. Uh, they were able to get dinner reservations in there. I know it's the Sahara. It was more full than I've ever seen the Sahara ever, yep. but, um, still, you know, had no issue, no traffic, nothing. We went to the arts district, uh, went to liquid diet, went to stamp. It was a quiet Saturday before yep. the Super Bowl. Like the day before nobody was downtown. I think all the locals had just like buckled down or something or hunkered down. Um, but we, yeah, we, we had a great, um, we had a great weekend. We, it worked out good. We did it. We did hide in the house for the Super Bowl. I was afraid of like, you know, cops and checkpoints and all that shit. I wasn't going to deal with any of that shit. Yeah, um, you were, you I was had, just like, had bought into the Joe Buck fear. Well, I mean, I think, I think, I think Joe Buck probably loves the cops. I, I don't want any part of the cops. I'm, oh, I'm sure he cops. does, but that's, that's where a lot of this shit comes from. Yeah, I think. I mean, he 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 thinks. Um, yeah, everyone's going to get wasted and get in trouble. No, I know, but seemed like we did fine. Um, I didn't think it was too bad. F one was clearly a much bigger disruption, uh, mainly because it had to be because they uh, they do it on roads. Yeah. So it checks out, but um, you know, maybe Phobes will get on there next week and and tell you tell you different. I don't know, <laughs> but for 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 me out here, and uh, frankly, I don't. Uh, I'll um, not to give away too much about either of our lives, but I don't live too far from the guy. Uh, uh, here on the east side, yeah, you you catch me on the street, you better believe he's going to be right there by me. Um, but uh, uh, it was not it was no big deal out here, so they should just do it here every year. Plus, everyone gets to put on their fun events around it. There was the Taco Bell thing that was like. Uh, Apple iPhone release. They had like a Taco Bell TED Talk type looking thing where they were releasing their new products for the year. is amazing. Um, there was a big Cheetos World thing or whatever, and like this is so stupid. Everybody, there's so much space here for that type of shit 
that everybody gets to get their um, little shit off to do their uh, little product releases and all that junk too. So it's um, it, it's funny. Like as much as we say the these events um, interfere with you as a local, like they really impact like a two square mile radius at maximum. And I'd I'd say that's a little bit more extravagant. It, it, a little bit more um, impacted, say, the Grand Prix. That's bigger than, say, two miles. But really, unless you're headed to somewhere close to the stadium, other than bigger crowds, how much drama does it cause for you getting to an off-street, off-strip place or yeah, um, no, even no. even downtown? As you were saying, there's, there's very little impact, nor should there be, really. Like, once you get three miles away, which is about what the Arts District is, sort of at a guess from Allegiant, of course there's going to be very little impact. Yeah. You'd, you'd hardly yes. know it's even going on. Right. And, I, and you know, unfortunately we didn't see uh, Taylor Swift or Usher come into, uh, you know, Silver Stamp. Although I think they'd both love it, for the record. But yeah. uh, they, they both decided to pass on that visit for the – the weekend, I think they would have enjoyed. It. Honestly, Usher might have might have loved it more than all the other crap he had to do. So, um, he was good though. I will shout out shout out to Usher. I really enjoyed the Usher halftime show. That was really fun. Yeah, um, especially the one that fell off the stage. That was wild. Roller skating was cool though. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, Tony. Yeah, we got it. We we'll have to talk about this real quick. Yeah. So. Um, let, let me keep going with Vegas, and yeah. we'll talk about the Bulls after that. But uh, so um, now that we have uh, – we got through the Super Bowl, I decided to start doing things again. We have a couple slow weekends here, I think. And uh, so uh, me and uh, some other guy hosting podcasts with you um, – I can't recall the guy's name, but he wanted to meet me up real bad, so I Phobes. decided to let him. Christopher, Christopher Phobes. Hosting. I said hosting oh, a podcast, hosting, hosting, yeah. Hosting, gotcha. Not just, not just, yeah, filling in. Um, we decided to, we decided why, quite wisely, I think, to go to the Rio, t- Tony. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I've seen some TikToks of the Rio recently, like in the last three weeks. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, um, uh, you know, um, you might not know this. I think you do know this, but Brian's a big fan of a Philly cheesesteak. That man loves the Philly cheesesteak. It's one of the much I've more than I do. With him, well, yeah. I haven't I had like, a good Italian beef, so. And I like a Philly cheesesteak fine. I've I've said it before on the show that I've had. I I feel like I've never had the like platonic ideal of a Philly cheesesteak. Yep. So we decided to see if we could go get one, because they just opened a brand sparkling new food hall at the Rio, which is funny <laughs> as fuck. Because you walk in from their stinky parking garage, you get into that stinky. I don't know if you've ever been in the Rio. But if you're going in for the parking garage, there's this corridor you got to walk through once you get inside. It smells awful in there. And it doesn't smell any better when you get into the casino either. It's just miserable. And you get dumped into this beautiful, brand-new food hall. I mean, it looks great. Food hall, food court, whatever you want to call it, it's that. Um, They're calling it a food hall, so we'll go with that. But uh, they have a a Tony Luke's in there. And I don't know if you're familiar with Tony Luke's. Um, this is, it's appeared on food network on various shows, probably triple D, probably a few others. It's a big fat Philly guy, you know, and, um, they do the, uh, they do the cheesesteaks, um, and they do the roast pork sandwich. Now I've never had a good version of that 
Philadelphia roast pork sandwich. It's got the like yep. Italian roast pork and broccoli rob on it, like baby broccoli um, sauteed and then put on top. So I really wanted that. So we went down there. Kelly, uh, Kelly came with us. And uh, we got the Tony Luke stuff. I thought the pork sandwich was actually fucking good, Tony. It was really, really good. That's good to hear. Um, Cheesesteak was okay. I, had a, I we, me, and, me and Brian shared both things, so we got a little bit of each. Cheesesteak was the right idea. I thought the seasoning was good, but it was dry. I thought they over overcooked it a little bit or something. It just didn't, maybe not fatty enough ribeye. I don't know, but it, it just didn't. Um, it was a little bit dry to me, but the flavor was good. Bread was great for both of them. <laughs> Now, Kelly got the winner, though, because she went to this chicken tenders place um, oh. called Tender Crush. Yep. And um, it's done by this people that have a restaurant in the Venetian. And they had these Korean, like, kimchi dry rubbed yeah. chicken tenders and waffle fries and all that. And that shit was good as fuck. That was the winner of the thing. But listen, the food hall is really nice. All the concepts in there look good. Most of them have, like, good chefs behind them. So if you have to go to the Rio or you're looking for something like this and you are too close and are just don't want to go way off the strip to Durango, this one was fine. Uh, we did go walk through the Rio because they are Ooh. renovating it. It is <laughs> oh. nasty still. They haven't done anything yet. It looks like shit. Um, and the dealers, we, we Brian and I sit at a blackjack table and our dealer was like, I thought she was going to like have a stroke or she was about to do that like fentanyl fold thing. She was about to like, oh, I love those dealers. That it are, was crazy. Yeah. So she, she just would take these like 45 second staring pauses where she would just be like staring into space. You're like, what are we going to play another hand? You know how most blackjack dealers are. They're fucking spitting hands out like yeah. crazy. I can't slow them down. She's just like, uh, and then, um, we would, she, she would do shit in weird orders. So you'd bust and then she'd shift the play to like, so Brian would bust, they'd shift, she'd sh then she wouldn't do anything. She wouldn't take his cards, wouldn't take his money. She'd shift the play to me and I'd be like, okay, uh, I guess I, you know, stay or whatever. And then she'd, she'd turn her cards over. She would bust or, or whatever. And then she'd look at Brian and she's like, oh, you have 23. You bust. <laughs> and Brian's like, Yep. <laughs> Too bad for me, huh? You know, it's, it's like <laughs> it was just really bizarre. It was like she was buffering the whole time, like she was a fucking real, 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 uh, real player video or some shit. It was very bizarre. <laughs> There's an old school reference, a real player right. video. <laughs> quick, quick, quick time. I don't know, but it was, it was not. Hey, we still use not quick cool. time on Mac, but yeah, real That's player. Right. Yeah, it was, it was brutal. So. Uh, I don't know. Good luck if you decide to gamble at the Rio, but, um, you know, whatever. Good luck if you decide to go to the Rio, surviving it. Hey, the food hall looks nice and shiny and new, but I, I don't hold your breath that the Rio doesn't get abandoned as just used for a film set in the next three to five years. That's so we have – so, Tony, you wanted to post um, – yeah, I, I wouldn't touch the Rio for – Five years at least. It looked, but you know, all the lights and shit are broken too on the outside. It looks like total garbage. Um, it looks worse than the circus circus on the outside. Inside, I think we're still a little bit above. But um, so, Tony, you post, you sent me this thing. I saw this the other day too. Um, this is a quick NBA segment. Uh, so, Nick, cover yours. But there is an Aussie involved. So maybe open them up. I don't know. 
Scotty Pippen, Horace Grant, and Luke Longley embarking on No Bowl Tour to share perspective on the Last Dance documentary. So, yeah, Scotty, Horace, and Luke are going to um, go tear up the uh, Last Dance doc on a tour. Uh, Scotty and Horace both dislike Michael. I think Luke is fairly ambivalent at, at, at best, at to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, uh, in general. But he and Scotty are tight. Like, they are really tight, believe it or not. They are. Um, I think this is going to be, uh, what, what's the nicest way to say this? A bit of, okay, so this is all happening in Australia, by the way. It's in, um, yep. they start on, it start in Tasmania. So, um, interesting. And going to Melbourne and Sydney. So, Tony, I assume you're not heading out no. for this. I think this is a bit, bizarre if anything um maybe they just got offered some money uh, maybe luke was able to hook him up with a production company to help them put this like a speaking tour on and um they're getting a little cash for this i couldn't tell you um maybe luke just wanted to hang out with his friends and he was and they were like uh yeah i guess we'll come down and complain uh i just don't know who it benefits right i don't know who this benefits because it listen we all know who Michael is. He's he's a all time dickhead. There's just no way around it. You know, um, what d- did that make him great? In a lot of ways, yes. You know, he he wouldn't be the same guy if he weren't LeBron. You know, if he if he acted nice and friendly like like LeBron. You know what I mean? He probably would not have. He wouldn't have been half the player because LeBron's a much more talented player than MJ ever was. Right? He's much more gifted. He's much more athletic. He's bigger. So I think Michael being a fucking lunatic. Uh, gave him the uh, edge that he needed to be the player that he ended up being. But it unfortunately it also makes him barely human in the way he acts yeah. most of the time. But so I think it's interesting, and this goes to more the larger idea of documentaries, that um, very often the narrative that we get shown in documentaries isn't an accurate picture for the majority of people within within that sort of story. That's always true. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that's certainly the case here because if you look back at the last dance, Luke didn't even exist in that fucking documentary at all. No, they didn't. I mean, there there were people who didn't get any, yeah, they didn't get any time. I mean, they're making TV, right? They're not, they're not necessarily just making a um, unfettered account of everything that happened with the nineties bulls, right? They're, they're, um, they're cut. They're putting in the most interesting parts. Yep. Right. And a lot of the most interesting parts happen to involve Michael Jordan, uh, and that's just part of the deal, you know. Yeah. Because that- um, so he gets to control a lot of the narrative. Yeah. Um, which probably isn't. Yeah, it's probably not the best thing ever that he gets to control a lot of the narrative, but I tend to look at it that there would have been. Just as interesting storytelling if they had have used somebody, say, like a Dennis Rodman, would have been a great, oh, sure. great foil to focus on more than Michael um, and, and how um, the ownership had to actually negotiate around Dennis and everything that he was involved in. Yeah. Um, Scotty's an interesting character too. I thought he was underplayed too. He was just like Batman's Robin during that documentary where... He it's, really isn't. He's 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 also an asshole, Scotty. But he's he a, is. It, it would have been. I think it. 
Uh, yeah, it, it probably would have been smart. As much, I love Scotty as a player. I thought he was one of the. He was just an amazing player to watch. Um, but uh, I would have um, maybe. The, and this isn't how these guys are, and that's why they are professional athletes and were successful. But being me, what my move would have been would be like, boy, I better get in this guy's I, – I got to get back friendly with MJ because if he's going to control the story, and you know he is, he was always going to, I want to make sure that I'm uh, – if I'm going to be a part of it, I want to make sure that I get my due. Whereas Luke, what Luke did, which was smart, he just said like, well, I'm just going to pass. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Which is actually fine too because most people were like, oh, it's fine, you know, whatever. Nobody's mad at him or anything. Not. But uh, if you just uh, if you just sort of walk away from it, you get to say like, well, that wasn't me. But now Scotty was in it, and he had, you know, he did have a rocky career with the Bulls, and a lot of that didn't have to do with Michael. Frankly, it had a lot to do with the Bulls, yep. and um, that's a whole other thing to go off on. But uh, the, I still think that for all this shit being bad, and we talked about this before. The Bulls made this. The Bulls, the yeah. things that the Bulls did to keep that team together and some of the things they did to their former players uh, generated a lot of this animosity. If they had given Scotty his money, he wouldn't be pissed off. That's just yep. the truth. You yep. know what I mean? He'd be a different person. But they didn't. So now <laughs> now you get pissed off Scotty. who feels like he's got to go dig up a buck, you know, and MJ's a billionaire. Um, and I think I think this is how you get you end up with this, and that's uh, a shame. And you end up with fucking Jerry Reinsdorf asking the state of Illinois for a billion dollars to build the White Sox stadium. So he still doesn't have enough. J- Jerry can't get enough money. So fuck him. <laughs> uh, I think that's, right, that's one enough. consistent theme through all these narratives is fuck the Chicago Bulls ownership. Fuck Jerry Reinsdorf. Yeah, they, they, they created. I, honestly, it's probably unfair not to blame more of it on Michael, but I still think – they could have smoothed over. You can smooth over a lot of the faults with, you know, money, kindness, you know, being more, you know, honest, honest and welcoming, all that stuff, and they just weren't. So, but by the same token, what would you be rather talking about right now? Um, the glory days of Chicago and how they fucked it up, or the current Chicago Bulls team? I'd rather talk about the glory days. <laughs> yeah, it's true. There was, you know, what? Even though they couldn't get along, they could really. They got along good enough. They could. No team that hated each other moved the ball so well. You got to give it up for that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And played and played great team defense. I mean, they're fucking good at it. Um, all right, Tony. Just uh, I wanted to throw it in that um, tomorrow is the third anniversary for my favorite bar, of course, the Silver Stamp. Uh, it's going to be a big night. Uh, I am already planning on not tr- on trying not to work at all on uh, on Friday. Really going to have to avoid that. Uh, they're going to have all kinds of lambic kegs um, and bottles, and we got shit coming in from Decam, and uh, uh, we got shit coming in from Sante Adarius, and we got you know all this stuff. So it's going to be it's going to be a wild evening. Um, I am very very excited. It's it's uh, hopefully I if I can um, keep my shit together, I will be checking in beers tomorrow. So uh, or I guess today. Now that you're listening to this show, so yes, today, um, go in there and check on my Untapped Griff AD, and you can see what 
what fancy lambics I'm I'm taking down. Um, you know, here's the you know afterthought from Chicago is going to be there. Celador. Um, you got uh, Ode, Ode Beersel's going to have a keg there. Pohala from Finland's going to have a keg there. Uh, De La Sen's going to have a keg there from Belgium. Going to be pretty cool. So. Um, Lucky us in Vegas, huh? All of a sudden, since these guys came in, every <laughs> Vegas, them and Corey's have benefited because they're pals. So Corey's just gets all the package, and uh, Stamp gets all the other shit. So it's pretty cool. It's almost like um, they benefit one another. Uh, it's a, mm-hmm. a cohesive relationship. I think. I think Corey's has benefited more. They just got sort of Rose's relationships, but they already knew each other pretty well. So I don't think it was a, uh, I don't think there's anything vengeful about it. Um, honestly, Silver Stamp probably wouldn't exist if it weren't for Corey's, to be honest, because um, Corey's has been here for so damn long. He kind of generated the scene here. So I'm excited for that, Tony. I think it's going to be great. Um, what did I put here that meant, what did wedding bottles mean, Tony? I can't, <laughs> I don't know. Wedding bottles. Oh, yeah. I went to a wedding on, on Saturday, Tony. Isn't that crazy on Sunday? Yeah, yeah. I went to a wedding. Um, we had some friends who got married a, a few, um, actually a few months ago. They like eloped. And uh, they just had like a random, this is so funny. It was a, just like a, everything's in a strip mall here, including like uh, events pavilions or like a, like a ballroom. So you just walk in and it's just this big ass room next to a seven 11. And, um, uh, of course everybody who showed up was bringing Cantillon bottles and shit. It was very funny. It was all <laughs> beer nerds. Uh, so, uh, it was pretty funny. We were cracking, uh, there were Lambic baskets out and, uh, stouts open and everything. It was pretty, it was a pretty good time as usual with this crew. I worked the early shift. So I was out of there by six 30, but, um, yep. Not a bad time. That's a good way to spend your wedding, Tony. Would you go to? A, you'd be down with a wedding bottle share, right? Fuck it out. It's one of the better ideas for a wedding, rather than yeah. like shitty wine. Just have a bottle share and not have to deal with all that bullshit. Yeah, a bottle share and like and like six cases of Sierra Nevadas. I thought that was perfect. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good, right? Yeah, that is a that that's solid. a damn good time. Was there any celebration as part of that? I don't know. There was like a DJ, like half-ass playing a bunch of old country music, and um, there was a now you taco. There's a there's a taco truck, so that was cool. Now you're right in my wheelhouse. You know I love me some yeah. like good old-fashioned country music when they could actually write yep. some Billy Joe Shaver, all that sure. jazz. Yeah, the real real country music, not just like you know Red Solo Cup, Toby Toby Keith rip. You know. Yeah, but that's that's it. that's the thing with the country music genres. I I think again, Nick Talk is tuning out. Um, <laughs> for like all time, it's been a genre where ninety eight percent of it's crap because it is a, a genre about storytelling. But those two yeah. percent that can tell a good story, they've always been good, more so than any other genre. It's like podcast, Tony. You decide what percent we're in if we can tell a story or not, huh? Yeah. Anyways. Hey, how about we move on to the Discord, huh? All right. Uh, Nick Tork with some uh, oh, news-like substance here. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. He says, Nasty James Watt could not get the BBC documentary about Breedog shitty practices taken down. 
So he does give you the link on there. Uh, there is a YouTube link. You can watch uh, all 59 minutes of the truth about BrewDog, uh, which I suppose I will. I've never actually sat through it. So uh, I'm surprised that this is just available on YouTube. That's pretty sweet. I think somebody just pirated it, um, which is yeah. fine. Nothing wrong with um, Sure. Yeah. They're gross. Uh, so thank you, Nick. That's a good share. Um, I recommend, uh, anyone watch that, uh, and learn about what you can do in Vegas. Uh, go to Brewdog. Hell yeah. Uh, how about beer chat? Huh? That's the fun shit. Let's go up a little bit. Uh, we did a show on the seventh. So, uh, Oh, um, I, I, it doesn't sound like Nick made it to the Hudson Valley um, event. No. But uh, Max did give a good recommendation on Hudson Valley and KCBC, which, uh, and he was the most excited about Grimm. And I actually agree with him on that. I think Grimm made the most, has made the most consistently good beer um, I've had uh, uh, out of those three. So I, I think Grimm, Grimm makes some fire stuff. Their barrel aged shit at Grimm is really, really good too. So. We'll see if Max agrees with me on that, but I think it was really tasty, and they make good sours, so um, they're on they're on target. Uh, oh yeah, we did. Uh, I don't know if we talked about Licking Hole Brewery and Goochland closing. Tony, um, what what do you think about Licking Hole Brewery and in, in Goochland? Would you uh, were you thinking about how you could go to Goochland and do some? I'm still thinking how I can go to Goochland. Little licking, little licking hole oh, creek. Would yeah. you like to go to Little Licking Hole Creek? Um, well, unfortunately, they have uh, they've gotten five hundred grand in grants in the state to help fuel a fourteen million expansion of the brewery. The project never came to fruition. Licking Hole wound up returning that funding to the state. Uh, unfortunately, they decided to focus on operating Licking Hole as a destination brewery. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> That's what they've been thinking in Pahrump forever, and it's worked out sometimes, you know? How can I get more people out to Licking Hole? Isn't this um, just Hill, Hill Farmstead with another name? <laughs> Licking Hole did for a time find its ways to send its beers outside of the Richmond region. A lot of our sales were to Canada, Korea, Sweden, and Japan. Now, come on. Now, Tony, I don't want to be too... I don't want to. I don't want to veer into racism here, but you know why Japan was into licking hole brewery, don't you? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna leave that well <laughs> enough alone. <laughs> don't they? Don't they sell? Don't they have vending machines full of ladies' underwear in the in Japan? Isn't that thing? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying. I'm not speaking too far out of turn. You're um, canceled. Yeah, it's probably too late. Uh, their most popular beer is called Choosy Mother, Tony, if you're wondering. Yeah. I would say good to know, but I really don't give a fuck about this brewery other than it's... I I couldn't, I I did not, I, you know what, it's, uh, they, they didn't name themselves Licking Hole, uh, they were named after a creek that was nearby, Goochland, so, uh, now... You can now. I don't know much about who who goes through and names things like this. Yep. Um, you know, is it Lewis and Clark? Was it? Oh, it you know who it might have been? 
might have been Benjamin Franklin. Ben 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 Franklin spent some time in Virginia, per, presumably, and he did everything we know about Ben Franklin. He was this is all he was thinking about was licking hole in Goochland. <laughs> the guy couldn't get his mind off of it. So. Yep, uh, he, might, he might have been all over that. All right, we're gonna move on, Tony. We'll stop being gross. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, Pmac, Pmac out drinking in Sydney CBD. Uh, Hotel Sweeney's. I did not go there, uh, but they. He uh, uh, looks like he had some beer from Bracket. Bracket Brewing did not have anything from Bracket Brewing, but these look good. We got a Citra kind of hazy IPA and a uh, ooh, a Citra Nelson Sovin Rewaka Rakao hazy. That sounds good, Tony. I, I'd be down with that. That sounds nice. Um, then we got Nick Torque. Uh, time. Trying to put some miles on the renter on the loan, loaner car while they fix his <laughs> car. Uh, trying to put on 500 ki- kilometers a day. Good lord, Tim. Nick, that's a long, that's a lot of driving. You know he um, can do it. You've been a passenger. I know he car. can do it. The man, the man likes driving. He's he's and he's a safe and good driver too. Um, he had uh, we got a New England IPA and a Hellas at Palling Bros Brewery in Heathcote, nice country town. Ooh, soft shell crab burgers, Tony. Now that's now we're talking. That's what I like. Big fan of. I love soft a soft shell crab sandwich. Yep. That sounds nice. And we got some Deeds Golden Ale at Cold Stream. Uh, you know that's good. Nick also visited the new Fox Friday Tap Room, which looks awesome. Looks beautiful. Stunner. Oh, I can. And I, you said you had been there too. Yep, I can. Um, but now we got some. Now we got some photos. Looks quite sharp. Very IPA biased. Uh, which is great when you when you make good stuff. Looks like they got some clear stuff too. I'm into that. Yeah, they, they um, have more lagers than you would imagine. It's sort of like that modern take of like lagers, then with like huge amounts of IPA mixed in. It's great. I mean, I I, I listen. I we I've got Tasmania on my list of next places to go in the next you know five to ten years. So Fox Friday will be high on the list of, of potential visits. So cheers, Nick. I'm, I'm, uh, this place looks great. And the food looks good too. Um, Nick, to give us some bad news from Australia, uh, that Hawkers has entered voluntary administration. Uh, hopefully yeah. they can hang around. Hawkers made what might've been my favorite West coast IPA. That wasn't when we fun. were in, when we were in, uh, Melbourne there. Um, it was quite delicious. And Big Shed, so I'm not as familiar with Big Shed, um, but they've they've had some trouble too. Big Shed do a great Golden Gay Time um, stout. Oh, that's right, that's right. I remember that. Okay, um, that's one of the things we didn't eat. Um, oh no! Is a Golden Gay Time? Yeah, I'm gonna have to. That's that's rough. We messed that one up. Yeah, I don't know how you're gonna get them. In Australia. PMAC telling us we went into voluntary. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. We're not bankrupt yet. Um, not until I personally go bankrupt, I don't think. And then uh, you got another place to visit, Tony. Brew Manity. Brew Manity? I don't know about that. Is owned by a former AFL player, 34 Tap Beer Hall in South Melbourne. Uh, I mean, so, uh, that sounds cool. It's owned by David so, Neitz, I think. Yeah. Um, you familiar with him? He's done some um, work with um, 
his former coach who has uh, motor neurone disease and he's done a lot of fundraising mm. around beer and stuff with his former coach. So he's a, he seems like a, a, a great dude in all honesty. So great. that would be one venue I would look to support, not only because 34 Taps but also because he's kind of one of the good people around the beer industry. I know there are many p- good people around the beer industry. I shouldn't say that, but he's no James Watt. Let's put it that way. I would say there is a mix, just like in real life, Tony. I think yes. you get a similar yeah. mix of good people and shitty people. Yeah, I think that's fair. Now we had Max drinking some Troon Cataclysmic Cataclysmic Abyss from Troon. That's a very burial burial adjacent name. Uh, saturated pineapple and peach over a thick bodied frame, short grassy finish. Honestly, uh, that was how I, I mean, that's one of those ways that I think of burial and troon IPAs. It's very tropical and then punchy grassy finish, um, which I love that, that if if you get that long, sweet hot butcher finish, I just, I, you know, some people love that. I don't know if I can. It, it gets fatiguing on the palate. That's what I'll say. It's quite tiring. You know, four or five ounces, you're done with that thing. Um, and then Nick Beckett is over at Molly Rose. I loved Molly Rose. I thought Molly Rose made excellent beer. Uh, 2.9% lime and jalapeno Rattler. Um, I'm interested, but maybe wouldn't be for me. I'm not always a fan of jalapeno and beer. Well documented uh, in audio form. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much the same as you, but I will say they do do unusual ingredients quite well there. They're able to strike a balance between... Um, actually getting enough ingredients. It's the great British Bake Off um, conundrum. Like, do you put enough in it to get it enough flavour in it or does it turn into soap? Um, yeah, some they, stuff. They tend to do that well. Yeah, Some stuff they hit, right, with uh, I, I am the type, when I was briefly homebrewing for a couple of years there, I went, I wanted to go very punchy. If I was going to add a flavour, I went, I'd rather learn the top limit than the bottom limit. If, if you think you know the bottom limit, you haven't found it yet is the problem. Yep. If you add too much, you say, well, that was too much, you know, um, and you can back off from there in your next time. And I felt like I never did add too much. Yep. Um, now, I was making homebrew, too, where additional flavors can help cover up your Shitty brewing you know, practices. lesser skills that maybe you don't have. Yeah, sure. Um. So when you make a when you make a, a wheat beer like I did, and you throw in like a lot of dried papaya, uh, it tastes awesome because it tastes like fucking dried papaya, and that's yummy. It tastes like papaya, you know, rehydrating yep. in your beer. It tastes great, you know. And honestly, if you add anything with a little sugar, it helps kick off those shitty yeast that I would get with these things, and you actually get some, <laughs> you actually get some attenuation out of yeah. goddamn shit. But. Um, uh, so I always went heavy and with bake off, you know, they, they, there's certain things it feels like they can't add too much of either, but yep. there are some like hot flavors that they can add too much of. And maybe that's the point you're getting at here. Like when you get with jalapeno or chili or whatever, yep. it's, it's uncertain. It's, but it's ginger, like lavender man, in the great British bake off ginger. You can't lavender. add too much. Of. Oh yeah. You gotta be careful with that. What's <laughs> the one that feels like the stuff like, I mean, I t- ginger isn't it, but there there are some of these flavors that are so subtle that it feels like sometimes they don't 
put enough in. Yes, yeah, strawberry is uh, one that doesn't transfer. Strawberry one that um, doesn't Cardamom yeah. is one that doesn't transfer until you're at too much. Um, yeah. Yeah. What are the other ones? Rosemary is, is one that's like it's an on or off switch that you too little, perfect amount, and then you just over and it becomes soap. Um, yeah. Ke- yeah. Kelly hates Kelly has you have to go so light with cilantro. I'm, I'm with Kelly her, but that's a yeah. that's yeah, a genetic issue that Kelly and I both yeah. have. It's, it's not even mm. a tasting. I'm sure it tastes like like soap mixed with like smelly socks. That's what it tastes like to me. Mm. Sounds delicious. Um, it honestly describes some of the best lambic in the world. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but she's into that. Post from Nick Torque. If, if we didn't get canceled yet, we'll get canceled for reading this post. Um, the uh, This is from Cora in the Cora Potpourri. Uh, guys, feel free to post your Cora Potpourri. There is now, Tony, I learned this. Uh, we were ahead of the curve on this. There is a Quora podcast. There's a person who gets on, uh, a comic who gets on and reads Quora posts and laughs at them. Uh, I feel like he should have to pay us for, for this idea. But um, Anyways, this Quora question is, Jews, period. Why did you guys kill Jesus? And uh, Curtis Curtis W. Sissons, who's a BS, uh, uh, BS-ish, uh, in biology and chemistry, yeah, all that science sounds like some out of northwestern though. That's starting to make more sense. It's actually, it's actually northeastern, Tony. It's northeastern in Boston, which is a different place. Um, and he just says we were bored. Got a problem with that? Send him back again. We're kill him again. <laughs> so, pretty He's aggro from pretty aggro from Curtis. Uh, it was pretty good though. Um, and Tony, I actually think. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, gang, if you guys want to get in the Discord, just drop us a note on Instagram at BeerEngine or on our email at BeerEngineShow at gmail.com or just go to the website, BeerEngineShow.com. Click on a little link down there, submarine controller slash PlayStation controller slash Nintendo GameCube controller. And uh, you can, uh, you'll just get automatically and like plopped into here and you can post all your beer picks and all that crap. Plopped um, is a great fun. word. Yep, that's right. Uh, there it is. Griff's Logger of the Week. Griff's Logger of the Week. Oh, Tony. Uh, boy, uh, I got to give... This is this was a new logger for me. Um, and, and I've been... I feel like I've been drinking it for two weeks, but I guess it's because we haven't been on in two weeks. Uh... So Silver Stamp started carrying a year-round Merton, or like a year-round fest beer. Uh, I guess it's a, I guess it is a Merton. Um, let me just uh, uh, make sure I get the name of it right because it's German. Uh, so um, I'll get in trouble from Nick Torque if I once I mispronounce this, which I inevitably will. It is the Benedictiner Fest beer. This is one of the few, like, year-round fest beers. Uh, they make it all year-round. It's 5.8%. It tastes incredible. I absolutely love this stuff. Um, I hope they carry it forever. Uh, I, and it's interesting right now because um, you guys know, I, I think, Tony, you know especially, I love Oktoberfest beer. It's, like, yep. my favorite time of year. 
And I've seen both between that and now. So I just saw that burial is going to do there is doing their merits in, in March now. Cause they're like, well, it was always brewed in March. And so we'll just release it in March too. They only brewed it in March cause it got too hot. <laughs> and it's like, <Yep>. what? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I have to find my way into that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Benedict, it was just so, it was, it was so excellent. Um, thank you, Silver Stamp, for putting this on. But yeah, it's one of the few year-round fest beers. Um, and I loved that it was only, it was actually only 5.8%, which is pretty good for that type of Hellas Bach beer. So um, yep. really, really drinkable, poured perfect, tasted wonderful, had a nice dimpled stein, A+. plus. How about you, Tony? Well, I've been t- tasting some stuff from the uni tank, not the bright tank. Uh, if you want to uh, check out the document, you can see the image of the tap handle I've posted for you, Griff. Um, okay. It's on the second page. Oh, yeah. You got a, <laughs> a guy with a poncho and a horse with a cowboy hat on there? Yep. The 2 a.m. Cerveza Mexican Corn Lager, 4.8%. Sounds good. It's actually 4.3. The 4.8 was a placeholder while I was putting the artwork okay. together. Four point three ain't bad either. I think that's good. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I think you're on track here. Yeah. And you said this is tasting good. Yeah, it is. Uh, we used corn malt from um, Gladfields. They're a New Zealand maltster, and they have nice, a corn malt great. rather than the normal um, flake malt that you would get from Brees. Um, but now, did you go all corn or no. okay? I figured because that would be too cream. You get too much corn. Yeah. Flavor. Mexican lager generally has fifteen to. Eight percent corn in it doesn't really have. Right, that makes it's sense. Just yeah. to lighten the body, really. That's all you're you're looking for. Same with the right. rice lager. You you're looking for even, especially on a craft scale. You want it to be still, still be a little bit of malt there, but you really want right. to lighten the body Definitely. without adding straight sugar. And makes sense. Tasting rather delicious. So that was my fantastic. That getting that thing down to. Uh, 4.3%. It's killer. I think that's perfect for this type of beer. I want it to be like snappy and drier as hell. Um, yep. So I think, I think you're on the right track there. If you actually notice, we've got the Maffermade logo on one side and we've got the Mafco Pitmasters, which um, is when the beer will be released. So it's quite quite some time before it gets released, um, which is a barbecue <laughs> competition at the end of March. No, mm. end of April, sorry. End of April. Um you guys doing a little bar? You got he got barbecue, uh, like what American style? Yep, smoking or what? Do you got? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be an, it, sanctioned by the Australian governing body of that. So American style barbecue. Nice. So it'll be okay. ribs, brisket, um, chicken, and I think there might be a fourth trophy. Um, and they'll have certified judges come in and do that. It'll be a two day festival. Uh, they, they'll be if you know the road that we walked up. Um, near the car museum there, how there was a whole bunch of empty paddocks. Yeah. That'll all be turned into camping and areas for people to put their barbecue. Killer. That's going to be awesome. It's kind of competition barbecue. I've never yeah. actually gotten to have any. That That's going to be like the – got to have – we're going to have to get a grammar purist on to tell us how stupid we are. Yeah. No, that's or a good idea. at least you because I can't even try it. <laughs> we should get him down there judging this shit. Yeah. Flying right, grammar Tony, purist. We can do the beers of the week. We can do the beers of the week.
Right, Tony, you go first this time. It's a beer that um, you had at Farmer's Daughter, I believe. Um, oh, yeah. It's by Sailor's Grave. And yeah, you were talking like about the um, Hawkers being one of your favourite um, West Coast-style IPAs, but the Sailor's Grave um, IPA, I believe, is a West Coast-style of IPA. It's hit. Dude, it was delicious. Yeah, it was really good. I'm just trying to think of the name of it. I've drawn a blank. I I had it all Let's morning see. with me, but I've drawn a blank. Just hold with me. It's part of that core uh, range. Was it the uh, West Cape? Yes, it yeah. was because I checked this one in. Yep. Uh, West Cape IPA, 7.1%. West Coast IPA, Zesty Citrus. <laughs> Zesty Citrus. Yep. Crisp resinous pine and a dry bitter finish. Um, yes, this was fantastic. I did drink this at Farmer's Daughter. Yep, um, well, I had it at Tanamba uh, last night, and it was yeah. delicious. Yeah, it's wonderful. It was really good. Yeah. Uh, it was a close uh, – honestly, it's only recency bias. I just remember the Hawkers clearer yep. to me. But um, this one was also tip-top notch. Both of them had that, like, sort of neo-West Coast vibe, right? They, they reminded yep. me of a pizza port or a um, – uh, uh, or a Burgeon type beer. Um, they're really good. Yeah, I agree. Good shit. What about yourself, Tony? That that little bottle share I went to was quite the scene. Um, at the wedding there, we had uh, we had quite a few things got opened. Got to say, um, and some of these I think you'll be quite pissed off about. One one, I think the so I got to say the best beer I had. My beer of the week. I wrote down Griff's beer of the week in the comments. <laughs> uh, I did just cause I was like, I have to remember that this was my beer of the week cause I loved it so much and I did love it. And, uh, thanks to our friend Chris for bringing this. Uh, it was a lost Abbey red poppy grand crew. Uh, <sighs> the barrels for red poppy grand crew were carefully hands picked and spent many more months slumbering than they ever had before. Double the cherries. The grand crew has denser fruit qualities and softer tannins. So it's the lost Abbey, uh, all time Creek, gr- red poppy grand crew version. And it was just fucking phenomenal. That sounds uh, amazing. Tommy, Tommy can't, can't, uh, can't mess up here. Uh, it was a big, big winner for me, but Tony, I have to give two little honorable mention shout outs because you know how I am. Yep. I couldn't not brag to you that I had, we had Anabasis Blend 5 <laughs> at this wedding in the strip mall <laughs> next to the 7 Eleven. Uh, fuck yeah, it was delicious. And I ha- finally had a Bourbon County this year. And? Um, and I liked it. It was not regular Bourbon County, oh. of course. And no peon dog shit for me. Uh, it is the bourbon. It was the Bourbon County brand Eagle Rare Two Year Reserve Stout. <laughs> Jesus of course. Um, this was we, when we were talking about these. This was the one that I was probably the most excited about. I would like to get yeah. my hands on the Angels Envy one, but I, I just haven't. And I, I could have bought this at Corey's um, when I got home uh, from Chicago. It was fifty dollars. I really did not want to spend fifty dollars on this. Um, so I had a buddy who already did spend the $50 and he opened it at this. So I'm like, yeah, perfect. Easy for me. And, um, Tony, what do you think the rating is on this? It's got 5,360 ratings. It's exactly what I said it is. It's aged for two years in Eagle Rare 10 year barrels. 
On, it just has two paragraphs that describe that instead of me just saying it. <laughs> I'm going to go oh, five point five. five Can't be seven. five. Oh, sorry. 4.57. Yeah, you hit it almost right on the nose. It's 4.56. You're exactly right. Um, so good job, Tony. It, but it was excellent. So I can't complain about it. Uh, they still, they can still hit, they can still hit one out of the park when they want to hit one out of the park. So, yeah, uh, you know, that's, but that's the ball's got to be straight down the middle and that's what they get every, every year with, with, uh, Bourbon County. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. It's, it's a good base series. They've got recipes that go back, what, 20 odd years now on that be, uh, it would be about 20, almost 30 years, just yep. about, about 30 years. Um, yeah, good shit. All right, Tony. Uh, it's been a few weeks. Why don't we get caught up on the news of the weird out there with some hyperbeard dork shit news? Let's do that. If I um, remember how to play this thing. Oh boy. Dork shit news. I don't have a news story to support this, but um, per their Instagram, we have uh, yet another local brewery um, shift going on. Uh, Astronomy Ale Works, which is a brewery that I actually liked uh, around here, uh, here in Henderson, will be closing down after five and a half years. They were denied loans for a second tap room uh, and they, and operating capital to navigate what's become the post-COVID Las Vegas beer scene. Uh, their last day will be March 9th. Uh, they did just release a Schwartz beer, so I should probably go over there and try that because I yep. think it'll be good. Whenever they would make a lager or they ever would make a ESB or something like that, I'd be like, fuck yeah, this is good. Uh, when they would make six hazy IPAs and a stout with caramel candies in it, not so much. So not to kick a guy when he's down. Matt, Matt Brady, the owner of Astronomy, one of the nicest guys. Their beers were... Like I said, some of the best in town. So um, we will be sad to uh, see them go. A mere five or six minutes from my house. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, too bad. Too bad. The only one left right now for until, well, actually, I think um, Neon Desert will be opening in the Bad Beat space here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but for, for a week or two there, it'll be only uh, Craft House. Craft House is the last, uh, last well, one standing in. Yep. In what used to be called the Henderson Booze District. <laughs> <laughs> Running out of places to go in the Booze District, I think. You're down to one. Well, that's the problem is that I guess the guy who owned those buildings started driving up the rent to like insane amounts. And it's funny because the city put all this put all this marketing money behind calling it the Booze District, putting up all – and they would then – then they wouldn't help with any sort of rent control or, or anything. They just let them fucking die. So I don't know. Whatever. Bizarre. Oh. Um, it's too bad, but oh, whatever. Um, here, here's some fun stuff. Uh, I don't know why I cared about this, but it is interesting. <laughs> um, okay, Fremont Brewing. So Fremont Brewing, we've talked about on here before. Seattle Atta Brewery, very good yep. Seattle Brewery. They're making a beer for Alaska Airlines. I only find this interesting because, A, I, I do occasionally fly Alaska, and I think these beers specifically for airlines are a designed ploy just to get me to fly the airline. Absolutely. Because I want this beer. Yeah. Like I, So there's been a few of these. I had the Mickler one that was on Scandinavian, um, 
I've, I've, I swear I've had a couple others, but you do this, you will get me on your airline. I want to try the special Fremont IPA, and it sounds good. Now, uh, as a can guy, I do have one criticism, though, because it's based I'm on... I'm a can guy, too. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> a 737-8 Max um, Boeing plane, but it's got all the doors still on. Oh. Uh, well, the, the uh, funny enough... Tony, the doors flew off the seven three seven nine max. If you didn't remember that, so uh, <laughs> unfortunately, they can still leave the door. The problem with the seven thirty seven eight max was that it was falling out of the sky. That's true. Uh, that was that's the issue my problem. With that it's one. still so, flying on the can. It's still flying. Yeah, that's the problem with that. Um, yeah, uh, Alaska seems to be on the front edge of buying every new thing Boeing puts out. They might want to slow down with that. Yeah. Um, I'd now, I've flown Alaska before. It is one of the nicer airlines you can fly, actually. Um, and they'll, they'll fly you from Vegas to Seattle, Portland, or Anchorage, or Boise, or San Luis Obispo, Tony. I can go to San Luis Obispo. Um, it's, a, it's a place name that always sort of pops into my mind, but I have no idea how to picture that place. But San Luis Obispo? Yeah. I don't know. I've never been there. It's Central Coast, California. That's all I, okay. that's all I could tell you. I think it's not far from where Firestone Walker's main gotcha. tap room is. I, I can um, sort of picture that. Yeah. 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 It's like wine country, Central yeah. Coast wine country. A bit cooler country. than like um, LA, but not, not watch, as cold as San Francisco. Watch the Paul Giamatti film Sideways. And <laughs> I'm not will, going to watch that I think it's a, film. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or don't. I don't know. Um, I won't. <laughs> I would love to try this beer, though. It's a India Pale Ale with bright orange melon and tropical notes. Taste tested in the air by representatives from both companies. Matt Lincecum, uh, Fremont Brewing's founder and owner, said the new IPA is brewed with a secret blend. Oh, sorry, not secret. Select. It'd be funny if it was secret. <laughs> it select blend of malt and Washington grown to stay fresh in the air with you. Um, now, as much that's as cool. it sounds like bullshit taste testing in the air, it, that's a real thing, and I'll, I'll die on this hill. That's the only reason Bloody Mary's taste good is because of the cabin pressure. So I reckon it is probably important to taste test a beer if you're going to make it uh, specifically for cabin pressures and for people tasting it at altitude. So I think it's actually I mean, a smart move. Not only that, you also get to put it in marketing copy. I can't discount that either. I know Mickler did it too. They say that their beer is specifically designed for air travel. Now, funny enough, a lot of these, you know, American airlines, whatever says that their food is like, yeah, we've, we've, we've done our best to make the food be the most, um, the tastiest it can be for the air. And I'm like, I don't know who, I don't know what, I don't know what altitude would make this good, but whatever. Sure. Yeah. In cattle class. Hey, let's be honest. It's slop. It is, and even in first class, it does have a little bit of a slop. Uh, anyways, this beer. Now, and the nice thing, this beer is available in any class. First, all the classes, nice. Not just first. That's good to know, um, because some of that stuff is just rolled out in first class. So it's nice to know that where's the Gen Pop can get hold of it and consume it. So that'll be. Um, if I ever fly Alaska, I'll be sure to check it out. There you are. Sorry. Hey, I'm back. There I am. Um, <laughs> People didn't even know you were you were gone. I was just talking away. 
talking absolute no. gibberish. I become great. a problem well, anyways, face to my modem problems. I didn't know. I didn't realize Fremont was founded in two thousand nine. Yeah, they're not as old as you think. They're actually younger. They're actually older than I think. Oh, I didn't realize there's fifteen years of Fremont. That's awesome. All right, I'm good for them. I don't think um, they were widely distributed outside of Seattle for many years, though. Yeah, I think that was true. Yeah, I, I, I believe you're right. All right, Tony. Uh, last news story. This was the funniest one. This one I loved. It's from about a week ago. Tennessee, wait, this is from Vine Fair. Wait, Tennessee might ban cold beer. Uh, so Tennessee lawmakers are pursuing a bill that might ban convenience stores from selling cold alcoholic beverages. According to a February 15 report from Nashville news outlet WSMV, this would be part of the Tennessee Prevention of Drunk Driving Act focused on preventing drunk driving accidents in the area. So the first part of the bill seeks to outlaw the sale of chilled beer at convenience stores in an attempt to make consumers be more thoughtful about consumption. Enforcing this law would, in theory, persuade buyers to buy beer further in advance to refrigerate it at home before drinking it, therefore lowering the risk of drunk driving. I don't know why that's making me laugh. I think it's so silly, but okay. The only other state with a similar law in place is Indiana. Wow, great place to base your liquor laws on would be whatever's happening in Indiana. Um, <laughs> But you got to remember, I come from a place where while we can get cold beer in our supermarkets, we get no beer at our convenience stores. So I don't necessarily right. think this law is ill-guided, in all honesty. Right. Because when you're Listen, filling up, you shouldn't be grabbing a coldie just for a travel. Well, I would, I would say, well, that's interesting, but I don't know if that's the – a, is that the outcome? Is that the impact to most drunk driving accidents is someone picks up a cold voodoo ranger from the 7-Eleven? Or, or was it the seven beers they drank before that? You know what I mean? If they're, if they're getting in the car and they're drunk already, you know what I mean? Right. But um, at the same time, do you need to enable somebody that's had three right. voodoo rangers ha- grabbing another four-pack and, and driving that on the road? However small that, that, that chance may be. Sure. In um, which case, I would just say don't sell it at all in convenience stores. Yeah. I don't, I don't think like ruining the beer really doesn't do much for me. I don't know. <laughs> Not having yeah. any cold chain, uh, especially for any beer that's good, is is really maybe not the level of it. Infor- if somebody really wants to get drunk, they will drink a warm beer. They don't give a shit. You ever see an al- actual alcoholic? They don't, they don't care if it's cold, warm, vodka, straight vodka. They give a shit. Yep. You know? Methylated <laughs> spirits, right? The turpentine, I don't know, you know, I mean, it's not, so this, I think the impact on that, on the actual victims of drunk, I, I, listen, maybe it'll have a measurable impact, but this felt like one of those things that's like uh, most American laws where you're like, boy, this is like the smallest part of the problem, huh? That you're trying to solve. (laughs) What what you could do is lower your blood (laughs) alcohol to 0.5, get rid of um, fucking, what's his name, Tess? sobriety test, which can be faked or, or abused by right. cops, and just make them breathalyze them there on the spot. Right. Or And and have a uh, better country with, like, less yeah. desperate people acting and have some mass transit and don't make everyone drive everywhere all the time, especially in a place like Tennessee. Nashville might be the only place worse than Vegas for public transport. It's no, a nightmare. A lot of worse you can't places. get anywhere. Oh, have you not watched horrible. those public transport channels on YouTube? There are some shitty yeah, places in America. Yeah, it's true. But um, 
So anyways, uh, uh, <laughs> the second initiative in the bill would cap the number of drinks that a customer can order at a bar or restaurant unless the party can prove they have a designated driver with them. I mean, that doesn't sound totally unreasonable. I don't know. It's, it's, it's sort of a – it can easily be gamed yeah. in a million ways, and putting it back on bars to enforce it is sort of crazy, you know. Um, but sure. So I thought the cold chain thing was stupid. Just See, don't I sell. Think Listen, the second I, part is the stupid part. No, I think they're both. I mean, it's all stupid. I don't think either thing solves anything. Um, I don't really think either problem is solved. If you don't want to sell beer in a convenience store, I think that's fine. Convenience stores don't really treat beer well. Yep. Um, from from the from the brewer's standpoint, do people really should people really be buying beer when they? go to the car wash or fill their car up with gas. You know, maybe it's, maybe that is a bad idea, you know? Although I will say one of the best, it's funny in Vegas, one of the best places for craft beer is Speedy Mart, which is a gas station. But I don't know. I, I would also say, I don't know if people who love craft beer are showing up to drink, to, to get drunk at the gas station either. You know what I mean? Um, but maybe, I don't know. That said, I, I agree with you. We don't, we don't necessarily need it. Um, and I think just, just saying, make it warm is not going to persuade anyone who's drunk driving Yep. to not get more drunk. I, I don't think that's going to work. So interesting, but Hey, what, what hey, else at to least expect it's better than Tennessee? Alabama's new, uh, um, embryo laws in regards to IVF that you can't kill any embryos that have been, um, made in the process of making IVF. So now there's a what? shitty law. Mm. You could be charged with murder for destroying an embryo that was never implanted. That's crazy. It's a bonkers law. And it's all in the name of, uh, you know, this is the other thing you get from that Hill song or any of these. It's all in the name of making more white children. There, You cannot. Yep. Well, oh, my God. You're not going to let a white kid get born. Go to jail. We need more whites. <laughs> this is what been proven yeah, over cult- and over again. I was watching some – somebody had sent me some Instagram videos of people making like Frankenstein creations out of Wendy's. And I'm like, this is white This is white culture. This is what it is. It's making it's, – it's putting all baked potatoes and a bunch of chili into a big tub and eating it like a big trough. That's what white American culture is. It's gross. <laughs> Um, very cool. Very cool. Um, all right, Tony. Well, I thought that law was kind of silly, but there's a lot more silly laws that the U S has on, on alcohol. And I thought we'd play a little game, a little, uh, a little, uh, game we call news the game. Tony, this is going to be an interesting one. We'll see how easy or hard this one is for you. I, I, I think it might be easy, but um, I've been wrong about this before. Uh, so I have uh, a few laws from around the U.S., different states. Um, Tony, if you didn't know, we have all these different states, and some of them got different laws. Some counties even have different laws and cities. Um, these are all just statewide laws, though. 
And some of these are uh, real. Uh, some of these are real laws that, of things you can't do in a certain state, trying to curb um, a misuse of alcohol. And some of them are uh, fake. I, ma- I made them up. Okay. I made them up entirely. So you can you tell me up, which one. I'm just going to take a guess, are less wacky than the real laws. So that's how I'm going to think about it. All right. That's interesting. Let's let's start with this one. This is from the state of Oregon. In the state of Oregon, it is mandated that all breweries and distilleries must offer a non-alcoholic beverage option that is priced lower than their lowest priced alcoholic beverage. This law passed in 2010 aims to promote inclusivity and responsible drinking practices by ensuring that non-drinkers or designated drivers have affordable and appealing alternatives when visiting establishments. I think that's fake. I think you can provide them with water for free. I think maybe that has to be done. Maybe that's just an Australian thing. I don't think that's real. All right, Tony. You're right. That's fake. I made that one up. Uh, uh, Actually, I made that up with the help of my friend ChatGPT, uh, funny enough, who helped me craft this (laughs) funny little law. Uh, I don't, you know what? Uh, I think if I would have said it was 2020 instead of 2010, I think I would have had something there. Or 2021, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Once all those NA beers started coming out. But uh, no, I think I was screwed. All right, let's try this one. Let's see what you think of this one, Tony. All right. In the state of Wisconsin, it is prohibited by law to serve alcohol to any patron who arrives at an establishment accompanied by a goat. This law, enacted in 1878, stemmed from a peculiar incident where a local tavern became overrun with goats after a farmer brought uh, his herd inside to escape a sudden rainstorm. Uh, The incident provided comedic fodder for locals and it highlighted the potential hazards of making al- mixing alcohol with livestock. <laughs> it really doesn't, so therefore I think it's true. Tony, I made this one up too. This one's fake. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that one, though. I, I can like imagine that in too, Wisconsin. Right? If you had to put it in yeah. Wisconsin, Indiana, or Nebraska... You got me. There's there's all kinds of laws in the, in the U.S. that are like you can't drive around uh, with your pet duck unbuckled in the car or whatever, like shit like that. That's yeah, because somebody did it once. These somebody did it once. Laws, yeah. laws, there's, there's a lot of those in the States. So. How about this one? Uh, this is from Oklahoma. In the state of Oklahoma, you can't sell alcohol in containers larger than 32 ounces. Uh this law was put into place to prevent excessive drinking and ensure that customers are aware of how much they are consuming. So in Oklahoma, nothing bigger than 32 ounces. So you're not, if you go to Oklahoma, you ain't drinking, you know, 40s, 40 a Schlitz Bull Ice, 40 a Colt 45. Now, can I do the conversion to Mills? Am I allowed to do that so I can? I can, you know what? I will tell it, tell you it right now. Okay. It is um, 950 mils about. Okay, so that doesn't preclude a 750 mil bomber, does it? I'm going to say it that's doesn't. real. You think this is real? Yeah, 32 ounces, that's a shit ton of beer. Tony, you're right, this one is real. Uh, now, I w- I, this surprised me because that it rules out the 40 ounce 
bottle, which is very pop, the brown bagger, very popular here in the U.S. They're your brown bag of old English 800 or uh, camo or whatever. But uh, shocking that in Oklahoma they aren't uh, in Tulsa somewhere. They aren't standing on the street corner. And I wonder if they do make special 32-ounce packaging. I, I presume they do. That whole part, middle part of the country has a bunch of special packaging um, because – in like Kansas, they have to list things with alcohol by weight instead of by volume. Oh man, which is all fucked up. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. All right, here's another one. Uh, all right, Tony, uh, this one is from the state of Mississippi, uh, where it is illegal to drink alcohol on a train. Uh, this law was put into place to prevent disorderly conduct and ensure the safety of passengers on the train. So in Mississippi. You can't drink on the train. Now, one would I now me reading, uh, thinking about this. I'm like, what's in Mississippi? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't name a city in Mississippi. So, do they have trains? Maybe I don't know. Vic in Vicksburg. I don't know. That's yep. where a Civil War battle was. So maybe. Uh, where are the Crimson Tide from? Oh no, that's Alabama, not Mississippi. It's Alabama. That's <laughs> Alabama. Mississippi, I've been there. to one time. I was I was in Mississippi one time in my life, and the town I was in was literally, I'm not shitting you, was destroyed by Katrina mere, merely two months after I was there doing <laughs> drum corps. The town was wiped off the planet, essentially. I'm going to go with true. I can imagine this being in the era of steam trains and fucked up people. Yeah, you think like hope, like yeah, people j- train jumpers and, and. I think it even predates predates like that. that. Like, yeah. Sure. I'm when the world was really still a thing, segregation was still a thing. So pre nineteen ninety four. Yeah, it's still still a thing in Mississippi. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, what was? Uh, Tony, you're right. You can't drink on a train in Mississippi. I don't know where on earth there are trains. In Mississippi, does the Amtrak go to Mississippi? Does the Amtrak go to Jackson? Maybe when you cross over on the Amtrak from uh, uh, what would that Tennessee into Mississippi? Do you uh, have to throw your beer out? I guess. Yeah, I don't know. So interesting. All right, you got you got a couple left here, Tony. You're on a roll. This one's pretty good for you. Uh, let's do this one. This one's pretty good. Uh, we got an election coming up here. Uh, in Kentucky, you can't drink on election day. It's Ooh. illegal to sell alcohol on election day. Uh, it's also Ooh. illegal to drink alcohol on election day within 100 feet of a polling place. Ooh, now, this law, I will point out, this law was put in place to prevent voter intimidation and bribery, which I actually think is an interesting reason to do it. <laughs> the voter intimidation part as if drinking has kept that from happening is very funny. Um, oh, see that last one's so specific that I think that could be chat GPT. Um, now nah, I think it's real. I, I can see this being put in place with, in a state like Tennessee. Well, it's in Kentucky. So, Oh yeah. Kentucky. You're sticking with it. Uh, sticking yep, with it. it is real, Tony. That's a real one. You can't can't drink uh, within a hundred feet of a polling place on election day, and you can't buy booze on election day. Wild. <laughs> that is Stock wild. up. Yep. 
And we got one more, Tony. This one comes from Vermont, uh, which is a state I haven't been to, uh, despite all the delicious breweries there. It's illegal for any establishment serving alcohol to provide complimentary breath mints or gum to patrons upon their departure. This law, enacted in 2005, promotes responsible consumption of alcohol to ensure intoxicated patrons don't fool themselves into believing they can drive drunk. It serves as a subtle reminder for individuals to consider their level of intoxication before driving. This is fucking ridiculous. It has to be real. Mm. Tony, think you think this is real? Yeah. Tony, that one is made up. I made that one up. Uh, I actually entirely made that one up. That one is non-chat non GPT affected. I, I love it, though. I can imagine it being real. That does felt that felt like one that could exist to me. I thought I, I if somebody had told me that I'd been like, ah, damn. Like if if I'd been in a bar and or if I'd been at Alchemist or something, and they're like, yeah, we can't give you a mint. Yeah. And you're like, well, I'm not drunk. I just like my my breath tastes bad. Like, nah, sorry, it's illegal. Can't give you any gum, anything. I'm like, fuck, hey, right, that sucks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that one's that one's a uh, fake. Tony, you still are safe. You got four out of six. Nice job. Thank you. That's all of them. Uh, hey, that was a good one. I enjoyed that one. Um, maybe, maybe we'll look up more f funky alcohol yeah. laws. If you have any crazy alcohol laws that you've uh, encountered, make sure you let us know in the Discord. Or uh, any crazy livestock laws or any crazy driving laws. I think they all relate to the topic at hand. I think they're all funny. I, I think any, yeah, anything with a duck involved, anything yep. with any sort of bird, bird, bird-related laws. Anything um, that relates, relates to breath mints, I think, is also good. Yeah, those are all solid. Yep. Good stuff, Tony. It was good to be back in the saddle here. It was. Why don't you tell people where they, where they can find us? Yeah, they can find us on Untapped because, you know, my boy virtually across from me over there, Griff AD on Untapped, he'll be checking in a whole bunch of stuff today at the anniversary party. I, however, will be checking stuff throughout the week because IGA got a... Uh, shipment of uh, Bohemoth Brewing um, that looks mm. interesting. So I want to check out their stuff. Um, and I'm St. Moz on Untapped. You can follow us on Instagram at Beer Engine Pod. You can send us a tip. And it's especially important right now to get us over that $250 right. uh, donation mark to get Griff to try the ultra right weird ring beer. You can do that at our website. And you know the address for that. But if you want to go there directly, it's ko fi dot com forward slash beer engine podcast or if you want to send us an email we are beer engine show at gmail.com now just before we go have been doing a little bit of research mississippi has several stations i'm going to set the over under number at nine and a half stations this sound like the amtrak or stations yep. for what Amtrak. Mm. It's a long state. I'll give it that. It is a long state, but there, boy, there are not. There is not much there. There's there's two big universities. I know that. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm still gonna go under. You are incorrect. There are ten stations: uh, yeah. Brookhaven, Greenwood, Hazelhurst, Jackson, Macomb, Yazoo City, Hattiesburg, Lauren. Um, and some other 
Mississippi names I can't pronounce. What were you doing in Hattiesburg? Kicking it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is that a that's an old. That's an old. That's a Space Ghost bit. Yeah, from a long time ago. All right, we're done. All right, we'll talk to you next week, gang. And I, I, I swear we'll be back next week. I'm almost certain. Almost. Farewell. Goodbye. <laughs>